Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews, this is Indie Comics. Welcome once again to another episode of Indie Comics. I am your host, Tyler, a crusader for creator-owned work in comics. There are fine gems to be found at your local comic book shop, so let's go searching for them. So who is with me today? And the one that is searching for you with them is Jeff right here. All right. We're on our own little journey to find some comics, and uh, we have a special guest for you today. Um, oh, the best. And this week, we have Mark Guggenheim on, and we're so, so, so excited. So... Mark, you we this month we are focusing we're focusing on stringers from Oni, and I was wondering what exactly is stringers about? Um, well, it's really simple. It's about uh, a pair of video stringers. These are guys who drive around Los Angeles with video cameras, listening to uh, police and fire radio chatter um, to try to get footage that they can sell of like car chases and shootouts and fires and accidents to um local uh you know local news stations. Where did the story come from? Did the story kind of was it something that you were kind of kicking around for a while or just Sorry, I guess that's really that, the question. <laughs> yeah, I've been kicking around for a very long time. Back in in 2012, I was driving to work uh, and I was listening to NPR and I heard a story called Video Night Crawlers about uh, these guys, about about this profession of, of basically freelance video stringers. And I thought, wow, that's a really interesting world. And, and the news piece, I think, did a great job of sort of, you know, uh, painting a picture about how visceral and sort of adrenaline-pumping uh, that, that profession was. And it occurred to me that um, that would make for you know a really cool story. It just it was a it was just an interesting world that I wanted to set a story in, um, and I had been kicking around the idea of I, I wanted to do something in the vein of like um, you know like Collateral, um, yeah. where you know where you it was I had, I had basically been living in Los Angeles for about two years at that point, and um, I wanted to basically do something that was like set in Los Angeles in the course of one evening, you know, oh, um, you know, like, so like cool. go or something, um, you know, and, you know, so I had that, you know, that sort of drive, that, that desire. And then I heard this story. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that would be the perfect, you know, set of characters, uh, to, to do my, you know, one night in Los Angeles story with. Um, so that's really sort of all I started off with. Um, and, uh, but it, it was like this labor of love for a long time, and I was, you know, thinking about different ways of doing it. Do I do it as a TV show? Do I do it as a movie? Do I do it as a, uh, you know, as a comic book? And I, I really couldn't make up my mind. Um, I, I thought, like, TV show doesn't quite lend itself to the one night in Los Angeles idea. Um, and I went back and forth between, you know, writing it as a movie or writing it as a comic book. And um, the idea just sort of kept gestating over years and years and years and years. Ah, oh, that is that's so cool. That is. That's totally awesome. Now, cool. this kind of follows in line of what you were just talking about with that, but in a more general sense. Now, when creating stories for comics, especially in independent comics, do you write them kind of like for a movie or TV show in mind where the reader is watching the story unfold from a distance? Or like most literature books where the reader imagines themselves in the middle of the action itself? Um, you know, I feel like, I, first of all, I always write, you know, my indie comics as 
just comics. Like I don't write with the intention of turning them into something else. In fact, you know, usually pretty much always, um, by the time I've written the comic, um, I've sort of scratched whatever creative itch I was looking to scratch. So I don't <laughs> right. have a overwhelming desire to then turn it into something else. Um, you know, so I always think about it just as, well, I'm doing the comic book. And then as far as the point of view of the comic, that really depends upon the project. Um, you know, I think I, I've, you know, there's so many different ways to tell stories, you know, particularly in comics and the medium of comics that I always try to pick, you know, uh, the right way in, you know, so, you know, some stories, they work best nonlinear. Some stories work best with a first person narration. Some stories, you know, work best as single done in one issues. Other times you want to do it as a single graphic novel, like we did stringers. It, it really depends upon the story that's being told. And, yeah. and I admit sometimes oh, yeah. it's what, what narrative device am I most intrigued by at the moment? Um, you know, hopefully I don't try to marry, uh, a particular narrative device, um, in, you know, in the wrong, you know, uh, story to the wrong story, but you know, I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. So um, we we we've spoken to a couple people who you know they obviously write um, comics in in very different ways. And like you said, like you when you when you write your comics, you want them to be different from television or film. Um, do you like to do it um, from basically you writing it from be the beginning? You write the middle and the end, or do you kind of like to tinker with the middle and just do the beginning and have an end in mind and then try to find your way through it? Especially since in comics everything is so visual and it's kind of a different way of thinking. Yeah, you know, well, first of all, because Stringers was, you know, conceived of as a graphic novel, it was, it was, you know, always written to be a graphic novel. It was just, uh, for for a wide variety of sort of technical reasons, we turned it into a five-issue series first. Oh, okay. But when <laughs> right. I wrote the script, I wrote it as a single script, um, uh, you know, one single big graphic novel. Um, and then the five editors had only, you know, found good issue breaks. Um, but... I, I knew it was going to be this one closed-in story all taking place in one night. So uh, <laughs> before I started writing the script, I, I basically broke it out into scenes. So when I went to script, I, I did write linearly and I wrote chronologically, um, but I did that off of an outline. Okay, that's yeah. So I find that that's like the most the easiest way to kind of to kind of do it for me. But I also have like severe ADHD, so if I get distracted like that. <laughs> Nothing will come, come I'm, from I'm it. very, yeah, I, I sort of, when I first started writing, I would write out of order. It, you know, um, I was writing writing movies, you know, when I first started, or trying to write movies, I should say, and I would write out of order. And as I honed my craft, I just became less and less comfortable with that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, look, if I have an idea for a scene, I'll jot thoughts down, but as far as, like, writing the actual scene, uh, I usually wait until I get to that point in, in the story. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, as you said, you've definitely honed your craft then, but um, on the other hand, what are some of the challenges of putting action scenes into panel form, in your opinion? Well, I mean, the, the biggest challenge is, is that they're static. Um, you know, the, yes. the biggest challenge is, is that, like, something like Stringers, which really relies on motion um, to convey this sense of speed in this fast-paced world that these guys work in, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard to do that in, in the comic book page. Um, 
but I was really fortunate in the sense that I actually wrote this. Justin Greenwood drew it, uh, and I wrote it for him. I wrote it with him in mind. Um, and he and I had worked on another uh, Oni project called Resurrection together. And I oh, knew. We have a question, have a question about that later. <laughs> Excellent. Yay. Um, you know, um, and I, I knew that I, you know, would. I knew I would ha- be in very good hands with Justin. I, I knew that he would be able to convey, you know, the sense of kineticism that I was going for. And, and he was really great in terms of, you know, being very active and going like, I know you scripted this as two pages, but I, I think I can, you know, get more out of it if I turn this into a double page spread. And he, he really, you know, took a lot of liberties, wonderful liberties with the panel layouts and, breaking things up and combining things all to give you that sense of unrelenting drive. Um, and that's, that's really, you know, what any comic book writer is lucky to have as an artist who can, you know, stretch the medium to its, you know, it's, it's breaking point almost, uh, to convey things that are difficult for that medium to convey. And, and certainly the speed in motion is, is probably one of the hardest things, you know, to convey in a static image. Yeah, I, I love I love like you know especially hearing about comic book creators coming together and just just having like that that kind of like same mindset and coming together and then yeah. like um, I forgot who we talked about before but they you know they were the writer they're like yeah I know I know what my artist you know it's like I never know what my artist can do so I just throw things at him to see what he'll what he'll do <laughs> and then and then he'll see it and, he, and then he's like every time I'm like he'll he'll never be able to draw this he'll never be able to do this. And then he'll see it, and he'll be like, "How are you seeing what I'm seeing?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's an incredibly magical thing, uh, and I'm always in awe. I've been writing comics for over ten years now, and I, I honestly, God, don't know how they do it. Um, <laughs> it. It is an amazing, amazing thing. It does they, boggle the mind. We we ask them to do so, so, so much. Oh, and, yeah, uh, you know, the, there's so many artists who just make it look easy, and you're like, your brain just must work differently than everyone else's does <laughs> yeah yeah they that's the truth they definitely see things differently you know they're very visual um <laughs> yeah. but uh will we see more stringers in the future possibly uh totally possible i mean it's it you know really is meant to be this open-ended thing i would love to you know to do stringers as a series of graphic novels though i'd love to maintain the form of like you know every time we see these guys together it's going to be for a single closed issue, you know, closed ended yeah. story rather than doing it as a series of floppies. Um, you know, again, it was always conceived of as a graphic novel and that's kind of like the Hardy boys of late night. Yeah, I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'd love to, for each one to be like, you know, all done in one night, you know, just like the first <laughs> one was. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, truth be told, it's probably incumbent upon me to come up with an idea, uh, for a follow up. Um, and I, I really should get on that. I've just, I've been, I've been a little busy. Oh, oh, we know. <laughs> well, we certainly hope you do because we definitely enjoy that. We do, and we love all you do. I, I personally am a fan <laughs> of all the stuff that you have written. Now, what I want to know oh, is, very much. how did you get started in writing comics? I mean, where, how did it start? How did it come about for you? Um, well, I, I like to say it came about twice. I kind of had to break into the industry twice. Oh, um, okay. The, the first time was I was. Uh, working on a TV show called Law and Order, and oh, that's small my, thing. <laughs> yeah, that's small. That's small. And um, <laughs> my my wife had used she used to work for David Goyer, and oh. she had hired her um, her replacement, and we all became friends. So anyway, we're at my 
bridal shower, my wedding shower, my anyway, some shower in advance of, of <laughs> some of kind of shower, the, the wedding. Uh, but yeah. it, was, it was I was I was there, so it wasn't just you know bridesmaids. Uh, and I was I was talking to uh, you know Tara's replacement, um, and she was saying like. Well, you love comics so much. Why don't you write comics? And I'm like, because breaking into comics is harder than breaking into Hollywood. At least with Hollywood, you have managers and agents who can like yeah. shop you around and get you a job. You know, comics really doesn't have that, particularly for writers. You know, and particularly at the time. Um, and it's like, well, you know, I have to talk to David about it. But David is, you know, he's writing comics for DC, and he has this really good relationship with the editor Peter Tomasi. Um, You know, maybe he'd be cool with me connecting you guys. I'm like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> And David was yeah. cool about him, and I got on the phone with Peter. And Peter's now a writer for DC. At the time, he was an editor, and yep. um, we hit it off on the phone, and, and it was, you know, he was really, really cool. And um, what, what ended up coming out of that conversation was I did a two-issue Aquaman story, and it uh, got yes. published, and it so set the world on fire that absolutely nothing happened <laughs> once the Aquaman story got published. Uh, um, pretty much, because I remember reading that story. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're the, you're the one, by the way. You're the oh. one. Um, and, oh, definitely. And I was super proud of it. I actually was very pleased with the way those that story came out. And, I have to find uh, this because I, I love Aquaman. Oh, yeah. thanks. Well, it, well, hope find it. Find it. Um, I will. Oh, I will. Know, don't worry. <laughs> oh, don't worry, my man. Um, I will I help you find that. Thing. Apology, if I'm not mistaken. But um, anyway, bot. so a year goes by. Um, a year goes by. I'm still on Law & Order. Phone hasn't rung. Um, my manager at the time set me up uh, on a meeting at Comic-Con uh, with someone from Marvel. And, and here's the thing. Here's what happened in the interim, which is Marvel had hired Kevin Smith and Joe Straczynski to do writing for them. Or I guess like Joe was writing, I think, you know, his independent stuff. And I think Kevin had just done Daredevil for Marvel Knights. But, oh, but the idea – what, what was – what had sort of happened in the interim of that year was that, you know, people who were making their living in Hollywood were suddenly writing for comics. And that was starting to inch, you know, that sort of inched the door open for me a little bit. And, um, you know, what happened was I ended up, I think because of my law and order background, I was sort of directed towards uh, Axel Alonso's office. And did Axel was doing like, uh, he was doing a variety of different things at the time, but they were the more, you know, grounded street level superheroes. Um, and he was working on some a project that I think was going to be called a one shot or a double shot. It was some it was some new format where it was basically going to be like a thirty six issue done in one story, and they were going to do you know they were trying to do a, a Wolverine one and a Punisher one, and. Uh, I pitched on a bunch of a bunch of Wolverines and a bunch of Punishers, and he bought one of the Punisher ones for me. Ah, oh, that so was cool. the second time. Yeah, and that was the second time I broke into comics. So, <laughs> um, and that time that that one stuck actually because uh, because off of that Punisher script, Axel hired me to write the uh, Civil War tie-in for Wolverine, oh, which oh, such a good series, a ridiculously. Um, generous offer um I, I actually still don't know what the hell uh axel was thinking because he was like basically giving a total newbie uh, a fairly high profile assignment but the the assignment was high profile enough that uh the phone started ringing um at marvel and uh at dc ah that's so cool wow and the rest as they say is history yeah. right 
<laughs> uh, it was, you know, it was. I was super, super fortunate. It, it takes. It's a, a, a Hollywood uh, saying that I I really like, which is, it takes years to become an overnight success. Yeah, yeah. So very true. Yeah. So very true. Now, with all that said, is there a specific moment in all of this? Um, that really sticks out from the work you have done in the comics industry? I mean, is there something that really stuck out for you so far up to this point? Um, you mean stuck out in terms of like... Just that really shine for you. Maybe like something you're most proud of or something that, you know, oh, you really gosh. that you really enjoyed or something. Or not even that. Like, I think like just like a really cool story. Like you, or anything. Like, like for me, a big thing would be, you know, because I've, I've always wanted to do all these different things in entertainment, like write comics and stuff like that. And just having somebody be like, hey, I read your comic and I loved it. And be like, oh, you're this person and I respect you so much and love you. <laughs> and you said that well, to me. We kind of already did, well, we yeah, kind of already you know, said that because well, I was the one who loved the Aquaman story, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I, I have to say, I've been, I've been so very fortunate because the truth of the matter is, is that, like, the 10-year-old in me is just, like, giddy. And still doesn't <laughs> quite believe that... I'm writing comics and I've done it for this long now. And like, you know, like, like, you know, Howard Chaikin, uh, who I've worked on a few things oh, now, you know, he, he said some very, very kind things about, about me in, in the press. And I, you know, I, I read the interview the first time he said it and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> Howard Chaikin is saying nice things about me. That, that's Howard Chaikin, you know? Oh, awesome. Um, and, and it, there's moments like that that, I mean, they're just, you know, my whole complicer is filled with moments like that because it's so surreal. It's just, yeah. it, it's like, how the hell did this happen? Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm living in some weird alternate reality of my own devising. Um, well, we are know, in an age where it, the alternate like, universe I, is super, been... super lucky. That's, that's the thing. I always, you know, I always, you know, it's very easy to not become jaded, but just to become immune. You know, yeah. if you have enough, uh, you know, if you if you get enough of one particular kind of stimuli, uh, it's human nature to eventually just become immune to it. And I've always, you know, strived to rebind myself and take special note of the fact that what I'm doing is, you know, really the 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 culmination of of a lifetime of dreaming. Um, you know, it's, it really is, you know, the, what eight year old me, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, wanted to do more than anything. I, I mean, truth be told, if you know, I think if left to my own devices, I would have gone straight into comics and not, you know, even contemplated Hollywood. Oh wow! How about that? But um, I can see that, and I can see that too because, well, one thing, like you know, we love talking about comics. We have shows about everything. I studied film and television, you know, in college, uh, television, film, and radio, and you know, it's it's even though like I've always been reading comics and just meeting these people who at least have you know contributed stuff or just like the fact that they're in the comic book industry like i i just i act like a kid and like i know like ray ray anthony height and a couple other people they'll they'll be like dude you're like you're like a puppy like you're just like you're you're just i love it like yeah <laughs> and uh i uh, know exactly yeah. how you feel i'm not even in the industry and <laughs> but um, i will say it's also the best community i mean oh, us, like yeah it's some of the best people i've ever met um you know i've met through comics uh, it, it really, I mean, it, it, there's, you know, I look, every, every industry has its share of jerks, but like, I will say the number of quality people, like high quality people that I've met through comics is just so much higher than the proportion uh, the, of, of, you know, any other industry I've yeah. ever met people from. 
I mean, it's just because we're all, you know, we're all friends. Like, you know, we all may argue and disagree on certain characters and events and stuff like that. But like all in all, like you, everybody still has like that, you know, this huge thing in common. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And, yeah and I think everyone's like, we're none of us are doing it for the payday. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you've heard I that mean, so many times. I'm really not, you know, I'm, I'm totally, totally, you know, doing it for the love of the game. Um, and, you know, a friend of mine was like, you know, God, you, you, you know, like, if you want to do all these other things you want to do, you really have to stop writing comics. I'm like, I, I can't, um, you know, and <laughs> you I, literally I don't cannot. want to, I just have no desire to, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have no desire to stop, but it's, you know, it's just too much fun. And I'm, we're so glad that you haven't stopped. So, oh, so, so happy. In our opinion, you have chosen wisely, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Um, I do want to ask because, um, you know, again, like, with somebody, um, you know, you, you've had all this work and have all these awesome opportunities. And I've never, we've never actually asked this question before anybody else. And um, is there a different kind of pressure when you are writing a comic for the mainstream, like DC and Marvel, and then the independent publishers or creator owned publishers? Um, that's a good question. I would say, I would say yes. Um, I actually, it's funny. I think it's my. I, to be honest, my my answer is going to be so influenced by what I'm writing right now, which is I'm, I'm <laughs> writing X and Gold, and <gasps> I've felt more pressure on oh, that man. than I've ever felt for any comic book since I think my very first comic book script. Um, and and that's because I'm, I'm such a lifelong fan of the X Men, um, and it's the gig I've always wanted, um, and it's it's somewhat terrifying. I will also say, like, when you do an indie comic. Like fundamentally, yes, you've got you know you you always have a publisher and an editor and stuff, but you, you really only you're only letting yourself down and maybe your artist down as well. Um, whereas yeah, right. I think when you're given the keys to one of the you know fancy established Ferraris, you I, I particularly feel a special pressure to avoid you know dinging it up. Um, <laughs> but, I like how you put it like uh, it's, that. You know, it's again I, I, that may just simply be. Uh, by virtue of the fact that I'm I'm currently doing that right now, and that's that's where my particular neuroses uh, are activated. Yeah. Oh man. That's cr- yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Like, oh man, I can't wait to Thank read you. that. Oh, that's awesome. And um, we're actually returning to a point that you mentioned earlier because you had mentioned uh, resurrection. Now, in our opinion, yeah. Resurrection is a shining example of amazing storytelling in comics. Now, since oh, it's public, thank you very much. Wow, that's really kind. Oh, oh yeah. It, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Especially for me. And the funny thing is, is that's another one of the books that I introduced to Tyler, and he just absolutely loves it. There's so much yes. stuff. Yes. Oh, thank you. And um, thank you. That's now, really since it, really nice. now since it's published by Oni, an independent outlet, is it relieving knowing that that particular work that you did is creator owned? Um. I'm sorry. You mean is there relief in knowing? Yeah, is there relief in knowing that rather than having to be be part of like the big two where you're at pretty much the behest of the editors and all that kind oh, of I stuff? Um, yeah, I definitely think you know. I, for some reason, I I always feel like writing comics is a little bit like it's like flying a plane. Um, you know, I can I can tell you like you know the plane handles differently if I'm writing for DC than, than if I'm writing for Marvel. It. it you know, it handles differently if I'm writing an indie book. Um, and I think the best to take this metaphor and completely butcher it, 
even further, I would say that <laughs> when I'm writing an indie book, I just feel like I've got more room to maneuver, you know, like the skies are more wide open. Um, whereas, you know, when I'm writing for one of the big two and I'm using, I'm writing you know, with other people's characters, um, it's, it's more like I'm flying the plane, you know, through a canyon. Um, and it, that had its own, you know, just its own set of challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, I will, I will also, the, the, but the, it's funny, the, the corollary to that is that and I, I struggled with this with Resurrection, which was my first indie book. Um, is there's, there's something not, not just terrifying, but, um, a little dangerous about having that much freedom. Um, yeah, you know, actually, that, that's a, it's I didn't very think about easy to that. go off the rails. That, that's actually like uh, something that I thought about one time. I was like, like you know, like it, not not an ego thing, but you're just like, man, like, what's possible what? to have too much freedom? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you know, exactly. Yeah. And that's actually really I, cool I, to hear that finally <laughs> from somebody. I think, I think a, there's a lot of art. You know, it's not just comics, but there's a lot of art where you can kind of see, like, oh wait, you know what? That that person had a little too much freedom. Um, <laughs> you know, oh yes, uh, that, that was, it's very easy for you know to to fall into the chasm of self indulgence. Yeah, um, you know, it's really really easy, and especially like you know with resurrection because like I said, it was my first indie book. It was like it's it's like your very it's like your first night with your parents out of town. You know, it's like okay, no, I <laughs> love that analogy, my friend. Invite the invite the friends over. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, you know, it's like it's you know, it can be a little dangerous. So you know, and I think I think there were moments in Resurrection where I was I was definitely like you know maybe maybe I I could have been reined in a little bit more. Certainly with respect to the language. Um, you know, because I've been working in television for a good long time at that point, and um, you know, it was network television, so no profanity or anything, and I went crazy. I mean, I went crazy. <laughs> with yes. Um, you know, to the point where when we republished. Um, you know, for the trades after we re- relaunched the book, uh, when Justin came aboard, um, I actually went through and sanitized all the language. I was like, this, the, the nature of this particular project is not, it doesn't improve. It doesn't, it doesn't get better, uh, by virtue of the profanity. The profanity is not helping me tell the story. It was just pure self-indulgence and doing it because it was different from my day job. I will say though, however, I am proud to say that I have all of resurrection in the sing- in the single issues myself, and I love all the language, my friend. I love how it went. Oh, God that, bless so. you. God bless you. That just spoke to my heart, actually, because you know I'm always I, I'm a lover of post-apocalyptic type stuff. So I th- I thought the language fit perfectly. At least that uh, at well, least that's you. my opinion, and I think that's where the true amazing storytelling comes in because. It's grounded in that sense. It didn't seem like you were trying to polish too much up. When it comes to me, I think there's such a thing as probably having too much polish to something as opposed to too little. And I tell you, my friend, with all that profanity I saw, I was like, yes, you're speaking my language. And I loved it. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but I don't like it. But now, like, because, like, I, I just had this idea. Now I want to read a comic that's just called, like, the, the optimistic post-apocalyptic survivor. And just a guy just being as optimistic as possible and just, like, really nice and genuine and just, you know... That, you know, keeping to his P's and Q's, and <laughs> the only person, everything yeah, else around I, him is just terrible. Be, I, I think that would be hysterical. I think I think there's a reason why you know post-apocalyptic stories are so much fun. It's um, you know, it, 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 one of the reasons why you know, w- one of the reasons why um, 
I think we're so drawn to post-apocalyptic stories is, is yes, I mean, obviously there's, there's something about that particular story that yeah. is, I think, compelling on a very human level. But the other reason is that there's, a, like, you can tell an infinite number of stories in that subgenre. Um, you know, there's, you really, I mean, every, you know, every post-apocalyptic landscape is not identical. Um, and you really can tell, you know, a wide variety of different kinds of stories within that, you know, uh, under that umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, especially. Could not have said it better. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you, I mean, uh, yeah, post-apocalyptic settings are always just, uh, I love sci-fi. Too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do only have a couple questions left. We have a question that we always ask, and it's, it's my personal favorite. When you are suffering through writer's block, what, um, is there anything that helps you overcome it? Yeah, sheer terror. Um, <laughs> the pressure of the deadline. Um, yeah, the the pressure. I, I will say I don't experience writer's block in the traditional way. Um, you know, it, it, all all my all my work gets outlined or broke. The story gets broken in some way, shape, or form. You know, uh, before I go to write the script. Um, you know, there's so there's sort of two different components to my job. There's the um, there's the, how do I put it? Um, the preparatory phase where it's breaking the story and it's just sitting down and outlining and, you know, um, it, you know, really kind of cool and, and, you know, just grim and gritty and, and, you know, just, you know, nails on the chalkboard. Work. <laughs> and then, and then there's the actual scripting, which is the, the fun part of my job. Um, so for me, I, I don't really ever get writer's block when it comes to the scripting. It's it's usually on the story breaking side where I'm trying to get the story to work. Um, and honestly, the only thing that really gets me through that, I mean, I have little tricks, but the only thing that really gets me through that is um, is the sheer sheer unmitigated terror of <laughs> deadline. Yeah, it's almost everything I write is you know I would love to create more space to do like spec work. But almost everything I write is is written on the deadline. So, um, you know, writer's block is just not, it's just not uh, something I, I get to have. Yeah. No, it is not an option. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that answer. Thank you so much. And uh, all righty. Now, um, we're going to be reading Stringers. And like many of our like many of the books you've done or, you know, any books in general, are there any like nice little tidbits or things that stand out or any little Easter eggs we could be looking at that's going to kind of make us, you know, smile or maybe even giggle when we start to talk about these books right here that we should be looking uh, for? Yeah, there's one. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's one, which is there's a rap song that plays in the place, quote unquote, in, you know, in quotes, because it's in print. But um, there's a rap song uh, that the gangbangers are listening to, and it goes, uh, <laughs> oh, Black Abbey, Wave 44 Caliber Homicide. Uh, and um, it's actually just the lyrics to a Billy Joel song. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. From the 1980s. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fairly deep cut. Uh, it's a song called Close to the Borderline. Um, but it was like, oh, this basically these lyrics just read like rap. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just thought it would be, yeah, I just thought it would be a funny idea. Um, oh, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Um, I, oh, well, so, me too here. So um, <laughs> that there is, you go. That is, 
<laughs> so brilliant. And I, and I know the instant that I see it too, because I know exactly what song you're talking about. I know I'm going to see that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be tactile. Oh my god, I just saw it, dude! I just saw it. You need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, and the last question, and probably the hardest question: What comics are you reading currently? <laughs> oh, great question. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, I'm always definitely afraid. I'm never going to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm list all the comic books I'm reading, but I'll inevitably forget some. So, but uh, <laughs> I'm reading The Walking Dead. Um, and it's oh. an interesting little tip, maybe interesting one to me. But I, I didn't start reading The Walking Dead until I was working on Resurrection, and Resurrection got published. And people kept describing it in a positive way as, you know, basically The Walking Dead with aliens instead of zombies. Right. And I read enough of these comparisons that I was like, I really should check out this book, Walking Dead. So I picked up the first trade, and I was, like, I was hooked. I, I just devoured, like, I, I went back to my comic book store and just bought, like, every trade that they had at that point. Um, so I remain a huge Walking Dead fan. Um, I'm a big uh, Brian Bendis fan. I, I really uh, uh, enjoy... Yes. Is Miles Morales <laughs> Spider Man? Yes. Um, I'm enjoying uh, both Iron Mans. Um, big fan of Warren Ellis's Injection. Oh, Love Injection. Oh, so good. Uh, I so good. I, I mean, I I'm generally a fan of pretty much anything Warren writes, but yeah, he um, is. Just, oh my gosh. Injection is you know uh, it's probably my favorite um, my favorite Warren Ellis comic in. A long time. Um, it's just, it's really, I don't know, really, really spoken to me. Um, big fan of Jason Aaron's Star Wars. Um, oh, yes. You know, even bigger fan of Kieran Gillen's uh, uh, Darth Vader. And I'm also enjoying Dr. Afra, uh, which he's publishing right now. Woo! Um, yep. I, uh, I'm, I, I'm embarrassingly behind on all my DC comics. That's um, okay. <laughs> Uh, which, you know, embarrassed well, I mean, me behind, but I, I really did enjoy uh, Rebirth a, a great, great, great deal. Yeah. And you're, so, and, you know, and you're surrounded by it, so I completely understand. Like, you know, it's it's kind of like in the same whole realm of everything, you know, so with work. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, well there, is that too. there is that too. Also, uh, the truth is, here's the, here's the I mean, uh, this is more information than you guys really need, but um, <laughs> I, I read all my comic books on an iPad Pro um, and through Comixology. Uh, we've been doing that too actually a lot lately too so oh i love it i love yeah i love reading comics that way in, in large part because i tend to read comics at night you know before going to bed and it you know it's it's easier than turning the light keeping the light on and preventing my wife from going to sleep so i'm sort of incentivized you know just by virtue of being married to read on my ipad um the problem is, is that through dc i get the comps as as floppies um so and I don't read those in bed, so I just my life is not set up to read read the floppies right now. So that's why I I tend to fall behind. Um, but uh, no, that's actually really cool, you know, to hear because you know, um, you know, because everybody, it, it's such. I don't want to say like it's like a uh, like a risque, um, you know, topic, but you know, there's a lot of people who are passionate about either way. And you know, recently I've trained, I've kind of gone to that transition mostly because. I don't have enough room anymore. <laughs> I have way too much. Yeah. Oh my god. Totally. <laughs> and have an totally, Amazon. Totally. Believe me, it's yeah huge. It, it's made a big difference in my life. I'm yeah. totally with you. Oh yeah, I, I've sold some, and I, I've given away to charities and and stuff. And I mean, it's 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 crazy. And you know, I have, a, I have an Amazon credit card, so it gives me more reason to get points. <laughs> and yeah. Spend yeah. All my money. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Awesome. I, I, Terrifies me the amount of money I spend on comic books, um, and and have over the course of my entire life. It's, just, it's been a 
very, very expensive hobby. Yeah. Every time I go to the bank, I'm just like, I don't even want to know what the credit card bill is. Just just take it out of my checking. I don't don't give me numbers. Don't give me a receipt. I don't want to cry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a, no, exactly. Don't I never want to know the exact number. Yeah. Well, no no good comes of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on, Mark. Uh I Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. You have a fantastic night. Thank you so much. Yes, thank Um, you so very much. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out our other shows and offerings on iTunes, and you can visit our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review us. You can contact us on our site. To stay updated, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch TV. To find stringers, you can check out your local comic book shop. You can go to Comixology or go to the Oni Press site itself. We highly support local businesses. Music has been provided by bensound.com. This show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Join the gathering. Have a wonderful week and GGG.